Good morning, Hobo Sapiens. It was, uh, it's been a big weekend. My voice might be a little bit wrecked. Uh, I really need to give up smoking. If anyone has an idea of how to give up smoking for someone who just smokes out of habit, I'd, I'm not even, I, I don't enjoy it. I just do it. You know, I just, it's my little crutch. It's my way of walking out of a room, uh, just to go get some, uh, air. <laughs> uh, you know, I, yeah. So, if anyone's got any tips on that, I'd quite like to quite like to give up smoking now. I'm 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 fucking tired of it. Okay, so uh, thank you very much for all the uh, all the lovely comments from last week's one. And uh, the album's out. It's a week out now, and uh, it's 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 going really well. Thank you so much to everyone that's that's uh, had a listen or had a had a, a purchase of it. I had a little bit of retail therapy by by buying something from a, a small artist. I really appreciate that. Um, oh, sorry, that's my alarm. I'm doing the thing where I set myself uh, 10 minutes, 10 minutes tasks. I've got a big to-do list. Uh, I've got about an hour to do it in. And I am uh, uh, set this. I set a timer for 10 minutes, basically, and I try and cram as many tasks into those 10 minutes as possible. Uh, one of them being record the intro to the uh, to the podcast. So, uh, so yeah, so thank you very much to everyone that's, uh, that's come and supported and, and done all those things. Um, I really appreciate it. It's been um it's been a, a mad week. Uh we sold out the art house which was uh, amazing. Thank you so much to everyone. I don't care about the sellout thing. I'm just saying I don't care about it, but I'm going to mention it a load. But we sold out uh, yeah, I sold out the art house and I feel pretty good about that and Tom Bryan did a great show in front of a a nice full house and it was it was really good fun. Um the only thing that was a problem was I misplaced my Barry Brexit gear and I had to do it in uh in my in my skins. I had to just do it topless. I'd already taken off my t-shirt anyway to be like right i'm going to get in the brexit gear now and be all complaining about brexit and stuff and then uh and then uh realized i didn't have my my vest and cap on me or near me on the stage it was actually down the other end of the room i found out later so i just had to sort of i just had to ride it and just had to call it out style it out and just went yeah 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 i'm I'm just gonna do this one topless and uh stuck my hair up in a man bun so that i definitely look like jason momoa and uh yeah it was it was quite hard to to get everyone's eyes up on my eyes you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying yeah uh so uh so thanks very much for that this week i'm in birmingham um i'm in uh cherry reds on wednesday uh that's uh that's, that's a, a new venue for me I'm, i've rented that place actually so if you want to come along please do uh tell everyone in birmingham to come along and that will be amazing um and then there's another one at socar live which is um in acox green nearby on the Friday night and then uh, sorry on Thursday night and then on Friday night I'm in Northampton at the lab uh, and I'm doing uh, Carl Phillips from Carl Phillips and the Rejects's night which is called a skank down or something he thinks I'm a scar band I'm not <laughs> fuck you Carl um I love Carl Phillips we we've had we had the most amazing time out in Guernsey uh, this year and yeah we, we, it's just really nice to to hang with him he's such a such a lovely bloke um so I'm looking forward to that. And then Saturday, I'm in Liverpool. It's a tiny little house show in Liverpool, uh, but with some amazing people who support uh, me. And uh, we, we all discovered each other on a, a very hectic day many years ago in uh, Marine AF, AFC, um, uh, the football club. I went to play a gig for, for um, I think it was for Oxfam, actually, to give some money to Syrian refugees. And I also had food poisoning at the time. And they all surrounded me and filled me with love and emodium. And uh, yeah, that was a fun gig. 
that's uh, <laughs> like double sweats, double sweats gig. Sunday's off, and then uh, there's something on the Monday. Oh, Monday's Leicester. Yeah, ugh, I'm not ready. I've got about two hours to pack for this whole tour and and sort it all out. So, yeah, I'm not ready at all um it'll be fine you throw loads of clothes in the bag and then when you've got loads of time on tour because that's the one thing tour is it's loads of time in various service stations trying to kill time on the way to the gig so you don't have to be there till six but you left at 10 a.m or something like that from the other place and you've got 12 miles to traverse in six hours and it's so you just go okay uh, uh i'll just do a bit of admin so you get in the back of the car and you do a stock take or you you repack your clothes, work out your washing schedule, all that sort of stuff. Make sure you are, you know, the best route to the venue. It's I mean, it's the dullest life. That's why I smoke. If anyone's got any tips on how to stop smoking, that'd be great. Uh, so what's this episode? This is episode seven of the Hobo Sapien podcast. Uh, this is with my friend Patrick McSweeney. Uh, Patrick does a job I don't understand. Uh, I think it's to do with computers and being smart. And he's very smart. And uh, this, this, the catchword for this particular episode is solutions, uh, because uh, it's about identifying problems and and working out how to how to fix them, what to do, do the work. You know, what can you what can you do to improve yourself or the situation you're in? Um, and he's uh, a wonderful bloke. Uh, it's from Southampton. He's um, he's a, a really keen supporter of what I do and of the 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 sort of the the DIY scene you know in general he's a he's a he's a he's he's set up for a mohawk when you see him in in real life he's got a glasses on and maybe a, a hat and he looks quite respectable to be honest still you know still on the edge still edgy edgy as fuck but at the same time he looks quite respectable and and then uh but he's he's geared up he's got the he's got the shaved sides is everything he's got the long bit in the middle and he's ready to go. You give him some hairspray or whatever, and a and a tub of tub of gel. He's got a mohawk right there. I'm just saying that's a really cool thing. I I should probably find a picture of him uh, to post up. Uh, so he's not famous. He doesn't perform. He doesn't uh, he doesn't do anything. But what he does is he's the, one of the people that's really important in live music, and that's the supporters. It's you lot. It's um, uh, in fact, you're the most important people of it all. Uh, and. And he uh, he comes to the shows. He, like I say, he books um, a house show every year as well. Traditionally, he's the first house show of the year uh, where I go to his house and he has a big party with lots of homebrew. Some amazing people, all nerdy academic people. And um, and we have a really fun time. It's a, it's a really good evening. It's a nice way to start the year. And I, I really like him. But, um, but there was a thing that happened uh, last year, I think it was, that we... Uh, I thought I'd I'd like to sort of talk to him about so so that's uh, where he solved a problem that he identified. I'm just going to have a sip of coffee because uh, I'm tired. <sighs> okay, uh, so yeah, thank you so much for everyone uh, that's that's come along to the gigs. Um, the tour dates are up uh, from Wednesday. I'm pretty much away from any semblance. any sort of idea of what home looks like until about early mid no mid December well mid December I'm around for a few days down south I'm in yeah I'm in Pompey but I've that's also election day and then I've got to go to Glasgow uh, during the results night (coughs) Uh, which is going to be fun basically I'm going to go 
vote. Go play a show with a load of fantastic burlesque drag artists in Portsmouth and then uh, and then drive to Glasgow as all the results are coming in. Uh, so and then I'll end up in Scotland as maybe the uh, the decision is made as to who's won the election and then I can claim asylum or not. Um, so that's the <laughs> that's the idea there. I've always got this thing that I think Scotland should just invade England now. Just take Carlisle and then just start moving down until about Kent. Just leave Kent for for the English and just make it a sort of, sort of little sort of um, territory where they can all sit there and, and be whiny little old bastards. <laughs> I'm kidding, um, but I, it is a uh, is something that I think about when I go to Scotland. Uh, yeah, it's 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 going to be an interesting tour, that's for sure being on stage and uh, chatting all the stuff. I've got a birthday in the middle of it. I turn 42 on the 23rd of November. I'll I'll wake up in Leeds that morning, I think, or London, possibly. I don't know. I don't know quite what the itinerary is for that bit yet. I'll work it out. I just I quite like the night drives at the moment. I've been been doing this thing where I drive from from wherever I am in the middle of the night rather than in the daytime so I don't have to deal with the the idiots with the massive cars. Um I stick on a podcast and I go and I and I drive and it's it's good fun. It's fucking up my right leg and hip and back and shoulder and arm and bit that bit of my side of my face. Uh for those of you asking, uh the wisdom tooth thing hasn't been sorted yet. Nope. Uh that's all <laughs> in the in the whole thing. My right hand side is just absolutely screwed. My left hand side pretty sexy i'd say it's it's all right i'm i'm 50 percent good all the time uh but yeah i'm starting to starting to feel it already and it's starting to get cold as well i start to wear my knee socks start to wear my knee socks where they come up to my knees you don't know you don't see it on stage but i'm i'm pulling up my knee strumpf as the germans would call them and uh i <laughs> yeah so when i start really properly sweating on stage i'm there thinking oh god can i take my socks off uh but uh yeah, that's because I didn't think ahead and put on some regular socks uh, instead of being out there. Okay, so um, I've, I'm really waffling on. Uh, seriously, the launch show was so much fun. I really, really enjoyed that. I played through the whole album uh, uh, in its entirety. Uh, massive car just gets the, the loveliest laughs, and I really, really love that. Um, I love playing it. It's such a nice little groove to play as well. Uh, the Brexit party song's still hard. The lyrics aren't quite in there yet. It's the it's the, like the bridges, it's the bridges of it. And it, I, I keep there's two verses that in my head get really jumbled up, and I have to really focus on. Oh, that's been ten minutes. Jesus, um, I have to really focus on what the lyrics are, and get myself absolutely nailed on it. And I don't, I haven't so far. It's the one. It's the one. Widdicombe reclines on a pile of coats. That verse, and then the second half of it is, uh, yeah. Still, I can't do it right now. It's getting voters wound up, frustrated until Putin is masturbating, getting fucked up on fear and hatred, and uh, fingers crossed that Anne's ovulating. So yeah, <laughs> it's it's that's there. You are. That's the lyrics. I've got them in my head now. Uh, I'll I'll work on it. I promise. Next time you see me, I'll I'll have the lyrics in. Uh, so that's been uh, ten minutes of this. So I should probably talk to uh, Pat McSweeney about solutions. Uh, this is episode seven of Hobo Sapien.
from you is all about self-improvement, but it's about critical thinking. It's about the fact that every time we meet each other, you're usually going through some sort of um, transition into a, a, a newer, different path. You're, you're sort of you're, you're you're never you're never the caterpillar. You're never the butterfly. You're, you're always in the chrysalis. <laughs> you're yeah. always in the chrysalis. Yeah, that's and, not untrue. I don't think. Um, and so, 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 you know, we don't see each other very often, but I play you, uh, you are traditionally one of the first house shows of the year. Um, and, uh, you've been a, a, a huge supporter and stuff like that. And every time we see each other, I say, how are you? And we never get to that point of, yeah, all right. Yeah. Yeah. We're, it's all, there's always like this intense conversation about something. You're either building furniture or, you know, you put a, a table saw in your house and, Built yeah, your yeah. own bed? Uh, no, I built painting desk. Okay. Main thing. I'm <laughs> gonna build uh, gonna build a, a display cabinet at some point as well, but slowly, slowly. Okay. And uh, what are you displaying? Uh, Citadel miniatures, mainly. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, and, uh, and 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 you've got a garden going on, and you homebrew, and there's, you you are active in your own hobbying to the point of quite intense focus if you ask me that's the way it always feels anyway every time we do bump into each other i like to learn new stuff definitely like you know i don't i don't want i don't want to just drink a beer i want to know how to make one okay <laughs> all right okay so does that i mean uh, i don't want to just i don't just want to eat dinner i want to grow the materials okay no i, I, I think that's absolutely yeah that's 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 right you know and and um, so the last time we hooked up, uh, you were coming off booze because you realised you had a problem with booze, and we had quite an intense conversation in the bottom of a of a coffee place, um, that uh, or at the top, I don't know, there were stairs, and um, uh, uh, and you know, and it was very much about sort of getting you about how you're focusing on uh, recognising a problem and uh, and and dealing with it. Um, would you say you were? Um, which alcoholic were you? You know, <laughs> were you were you sort of like um, a Prince Philip alcoholic? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, or I'm trying to think of like a, a, a really bad alcoholic. Uh, what was that? Amy Winehouse. She okay. Was pretty bad. Wasn't was she? she a bad alcoholic? Oh, she was a bad addict in general, wasn't yeah. she? Yeah. I think okay. I think she she started with big alcohol problems. Okay. I think it was oh. actually it, I think it was actually maybe alcohol. Uh, withdrawal, alcohol withdrawal that killed her actually. Okay, All right. not sh- not entirely sure about is that. that. Oh, I don't know either. Um, don't worry, this is not fact checked. And um, uh, so, what's what, what were you? Were you the raging? Were you pissing up your friends in the middle of the night and just vomiting all over the place, or were you the sort of like ah, yeah, I just drink a lot all the time. Uh, so it's kind of uh, like a sort of a social drinker, I suppose. But if you drink four pints a night every yeah. night then it doesn't take you long to rack up 60, 60 units a week you know Yeah. and that's actually a lot of drink and it's a lot of drink to the point where you know you have withdrawal withdrawal symptoms when you stop okay. and I kind of sleepwalked into it a little bit not really recognising you know just that question somebody said to me oh, how do you know if you're an alcoholic and I was just like well uh, do you reckon you can go two days without drinking and they're like, oh, yeah, easy. I was like, when's the last time you did? Uh, and <laughs> the, the answer is, if you can't remember, then probably you're an alcoholic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, 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 that comes to me as a massive surprise. But there again, I'm a smoker, so I, I haven't gone two days without smoking, without being ill. <laughs> <laughs> 
for a long time. It's like, like you know, what you need is a good like laryngitis. Or what, what, what I need is is a tracheotomy or something like that. I need I need I need to see a physical problem. Right. That's what it is. Is 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 I at the moment I, I'm fine. Surely. <laughs> um, I know I'm not. I know this is a problem. Um, okay. So so um, so you recognised it as part of um, that you hadn't done two days without drink for a while for yeah and I didn't like it wasn't sort of at the time I wasn't really worried about it but I was like oh, I should definitely have a couple of days off you know just yeah make sure I'm okay and then about probably three o'clock on the Saturday I started feeling really rough and I thought oh I think I'm coming down with something actually and okay. took a couple of paracetamol and then an hour or so later, that's when the shakes started, and I was thinking, "Oh fuck, I could be in some real trouble here." And wow. started googling and okay. finding out what was what was wrong with me. So, and, and and you were saying earlier about the um, the DTs. Is yeah, yeah, the I, delirium I, tremens. The delirium tremens. Yeah. Wow. I, had no I think idea. it's kind of a Victorian word for yeah. Okay. What's going on. <laughs> the but that's, we should that's start the that shakes. Back. You know. Okay. So, um, and and that's dangerous apparently well so so if you google it then you'll get like you know even the nhs website will tell you if if you're having this reaction you should go and see your doctor don't Mm. don't go back to drinking and go and see your doctor is basically the (laughs) advice on the the nhs website because it can be fatal um if you've got extreme withdrawal you know if you're the sort of person who's been drinking a liter of vodka a day for god knows how long that with alcohol withdrawal cold turkey will kill you yeah um, and so the NHS website is take okay. it easy, and there's some medication you can take, which actually makes you extremely like physically ill. Yeah, but, I can imagine. Um, yeah. But you know, it won't kill you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, I wasn't that bad, though. I didn't so need that. When I yeah, no good, I'm very glad. Um, so when I try and cut down smoking, I always remind myself that not smoking won't kill me. You know, that's that's basically it. But with severe alcoholism, not drinking could. Yes, wow. yeah, if you're very severe. But wow. probably, you know, people who people who are having problems that are that severe are sort of having family members intervene and that yes. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, you, know, yeah. you, don't, you yeah. don't come to that realisation yourself, yeah, yeah, I yeah. don't think. Absolutely, okay. Um, and so uh, so we had this conversation. You, you'd been, I can't remember, it had been a week or so of not drinking or possibly a couple of weeks maybe. And uh, you, you recognised this problem and you you were dealing with it and I, I really liked the fact that you you were basically sort of focusing on a process of getting yourself away from booze you were talking about driving lessons and or, or getting a car I can't remember yeah well actually that was your suggestion that was your suggestion I oh, mean yeah. I've been talking about learning to drive for ages um, and I didn't actually in that stint I have started learning to drive okay. now yeah um, because I just it would give me a bunch of a bunch of freedom to mm to go and do some other things but I think your point of well you know you, you're not the, you're the kind of responsible person who wouldn't drink and drive so if you need to drive somewhere that's going to be a good yeah. way to stop you from drinking yeah that's, that's the reason why I don't drink because I have to drive so much and, and losing my license would kill my job <laughs> essentially there, there would be there would be no Trollbador in the world you know if, if I couldn't actually get to the gigs and there's no way I'm doing on a train with a double bass no um, uh, so I I have a very I I don't have a very big relationship with alcohol. I don't have a very um, uh, regular exposure to being drunk. I, I, it's not that I don't drink. I'll have a beer at a gig, maybe, if I fancy it. Um, uh, but most of the time, I'm 
I'm I'm fairly comfortable with myself. And I get again, this comes to sort of the self improvement thing. Is I think I've spent a lot of time putting myself in front of audiences to the point where I'm I'm constantly scrutinising what I do and who I am anyway. To the point where I've I think I've ended up as I haven't ended up anywhere. I think I'm currently at a place where I I feel fairly comfortable in, in every situation. There's a, the, I think the only time I'm going to feel a little bit scared of anyone is probably when the fascia coming for me to kick me to out. To sort you out, and, yeah. yeah. and burn me in the street. So, you know, that's a couple I, of months off now, so I'm feeling <laughs> I'm feeling all right. But um, but there's there's still a point where I still think I'll be gregarious, and they'll probably go, we're burning quite a nice guy here. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe we you should know, have a think about it. So, so there's a lot of scrutiny, there's a lot of... Um, and I have a lot of time for reflection and identifying my problems. And and I and that's the one thing I I really like about you is you know politically we've also ended up in a place, I, you know I remember so before the referendum we sat out in Southampton with a load of chalk oh, yeah. on, on a pavement and drew lots of lots of uh, nice pro EU things. I've forgotten <laughs> about that actually. That yeah. was good fun. It was a really nice it was a really nice and evening. Steve Blakely dropped by. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. It was it was it was a really sweet, lovely thing. I remember that was like the last day, wasn't it? That was the last day before it all. Yeah. Oh fuck! And um, and uh, and and then not long after the referendum result, I think we went for a coffee. Where I I don't know if I handed you a copy of um, uh, Blueprint for Revolution by Shredder Pan. No, but, but you did strongly encourage me. But but you were you were almost to a point of despair. And so you know, so was Charlie Hislop and uh, a few other people. You know, there's a few. There was a lot of people who were just like feeling it, and I was I was enthused. You know, I, I I really I really found the the sort of the energy from the referendum result to become even more annoying to anyone <laughs> uh, that wanted to essentially destroy the planet. And so, uh, and 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 I I always like to think that that there's a part of me that's that's constantly working uh, with you in the back of my mind because of the fact that I I I like to think that you will take something from each section of my my output and um uh and maybe find some strength in it i don't know because i always find that you're because you are so self-critical you're also at a point of crisis almost all the time (laughs) (laughs) so uh, is that true am i getting that right uh i don't think yeah i think i'm a crying like you know it's a it's a thing that shakes your self-confidence is self-examination i guess Mm. but i think was it Socrates? You know, the unexamined life is no life. So, oh well, yeah, yeah. Um, um, and so, whilst I, I kind of sometimes, I think that is partly one of the things that makes drinking a, a like a habit for me mm-hmm. is that it is properly just like the brain shuts down. And I don't, I do have trouble getting into that space where I'm not thinking too hard about stuff. Yeah. Because um, for my job, my I program for a living, and my job is very, you know, very problem fixing focused, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know. But it's also a very logical. Um, you sort have to of kind thing, of rationalise everything. Yeah. All so time. every problem is fixable. You, more or less. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so, but, which is not the same way with society. So, no, so you can't not. look at politics that way. But but um, uh, so okay. So so the drinking almost numbed your mania. My, my friend, my friend Colby says that I only have the alcoholism to, to balance the workaholism. So okay. I'm right. not sure if that's quite true, but no, 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 that's, that, it's an interesting way to look at it. And, uh, so I, I, my, I, I suppose what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to sort of focus on is, is this, 
you know, you are someone who's fixing and you can upgrade. And like I say, you've got this logical programmer's head trying to apply it to a biological, massively variable existence, i.e. other people fuck shit up, let's face well. it. And um, uh, and it's really hard to... to um, it's really hard to put logic into society because it doesn't it doesn't work you know if let's face it if we're all logical we wouldn't need the eu (laughs) (laughs) let alone would we need to leave it so so it's so uh, my my argument was there was a a sign on a toilet the other day saying don't throw paper towels down the toilet it blocks the drains and don't smoke in these toilets because you're near oxygen canisters okay and i said these two signs are very much eu regulations they're there because they're common sense but they're also there because someone has smoked in that toilet and thrown behind, paper, the, behind paper every sign yeah. there's a story yeah absolutely <laughs> and so so you know when, when they go yeah but it's just common sense and they go well that sign's there for a fucking reason we're not all born with common sense so so we're, I, I always find you in a place where which where you're trying to fix something or or you're trying to self-improve or uh, upgrade in in a very logical fashion. I really like it, and I I I take a lot from it. I I really I spend a lot of time in my car, sort of going, okay, that song didn't work tonight. Where where was that? You know, or or, or I'm constantly reevaluating uh, what I'm doing, and I think that comes in a personified form in you. Um, so uh, we're talking on the. 50th anniversary of the moon landings when they had a computer that literally had a verb and a noun I've just been listening all about this and um, uh, when it comes to solving problems do you do you try and look at it as a, as a chain block sort of um, system yeah I guess I've, I sort of I think about so there's different ways there's different approaches to thinking about a problem I suppose but Usually I have somewhere that I'm looking to get to, and that place isn't always the solution to the problem. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like, you know, you just think, pick an achievable intermediary step. And I think the big, most people's problems with solving problems are they're trying to, trying to eat the elephant in one bite, you know, they're not looking at, they're not looking at like, well, if I did just this thing, which maybe takes three hours, I'd be, uh, I'd have something to show for it at the end, and I'd be a little bit further along in the journey. Yeah, and it's about kind of when you look at it and you stack it all up, you think, oh, this is going to take two hundred hours of work. But you don't do two hundred hours of work in a day. Yeah, you do an hour of work in a day, and you do that for a hundred days. And the sort of attrition of it, I actually quite enjoy that sort of slow grinding down. Is precisely. I mean, that's exactly where I go with the album every six months. Is is I kind of want to be in a position where I I have uh, some sort of security in life that's it and I know if I work my ass off every six months eventually at the end of 20 years hopefully there'll be a, a pot of something whether it's money or whether it's things or you know whatever it is that I can go oh fuck okay a desk in a room that's pretty much you know that's my idea of heaven so and I I, I do know that every album is not a complete thing it's part of a, a huge long journey so so I'm, I'm more than comfortable with that um, I think the, the decision to just like say a number of albums you're going to do and that number be so high when I first saw it I you know I didn't know you from anyone else yeah, I'd yeah. ever seen but like your, the first thing I ever saw was you kind of proclaiming that your plan was to do uh, do 40 albums mm. 
and do one every six months and I just thought I wonder how long this guy will keep this up for having never seen you play <laughs> even a song at that point I yeah. think and then about two years in I thought pretty sure he's going to do this all the way to number 40 now <laughs> I have my doubts but so no but part of that is uh, so it's, it was very much to do with mental health as well is um I wasn't on stage very much at that point when I declared it and, uh, and I'd spent most of my life on stage right and I realized that I was I was suffering mentally for it and I thought well I better structure my life to a point where I'm on stage quite a lot that's oh, pretty much a bold move. that's pretty much it and I thought okay otherwise I'm just I'm just going to Robin Williams my way out of it you know and just I, I, I'm not a depressive in any way whatsoever but I, I'm, a, I'm a grumpy fucker I'm a really grumpy fucker when I, when I haven't got a, a, an expression when I haven't got a, a, an output so it, it was again it was almost a logical decision to say okay I need to do this so how and, and it's not a god given right to be on stages you have mm-hmm. to work and you have to do a thing for it so I thought okay what I need to do is I need to put a lot of output out there otherwise I'll get bored um, and I won't get to 20 years time so so I may as well structure my life and I because of the nature of what I do as well I, I knew that I could write an album every six months because the news changes enough and I well, again it's meeting people that, that there's an inspiration from people to go right okay what do I need what do I you know and so it was a solution to uh mental health problems essentially or not even that boredom or yeah I think crisis whatever it was but I think like mental health is an interesting way to look at it as well because obviously you know intelligent people really struggle with getting bored ultimately and it's it's a it's kind of you go you can go to quite negative places (laughs) when you don't have any kind of structure and one of the things is like solving a problem is kind of we're doing a process, you know, yeah. I mean, we've got a structure, we've got a routine, even yeah. though that might be different for every single problem you solve, it's yeah. kind of, it's giving you a framework to work in, I suppose. Yeah, um, uh, that is, that's exactly it, isn't it? And and again, it's, it's uh, like coming out of booze, you kind of knew where you wanted to be, which was not, you didn't want to be clear of booze, you kind of wanted to be in control of it again. Yeah, I wanted to be comfortable with it, and I think that was, the the first step was, go cold turkey for a month because I thought right okay with like own it with a well with a clear head as well like, yeah let's have a look and one of the things I noticed was one of the reasons I got into this pickle was because I was kind of comparing myself to when I was looking at oh am I drinking too much you know sometimes it's good to think these things from time to time and I'd look at people around me and I'd go no, no, I think I'm probably fine. But when mm. you're spending a lot of time in pubs, the other people you see around you commonly have also got drinking problems. <laughs> yeah. So I was kind of benchmarking against yeah. the wrong people. So, uh, so I, I, I used to work in a pub, and I've worked in many pubs, but um, there was a point when I I felt so sad that I was the dealer. Oh. I felt really, really bad, because you'd see the guys who were in at 11 o'clock in the morning. and you'd The unquenchables. See, oh, yeah, and, and, and you'd see the... It wasn't even misery, it was just... Um, I don't know, it, it was almost a lack of question, I suppose, or a lack of ambition to move beyond it. Maybe there wasn't anything beyond it, I don't know. There was, But there was a sad point when you'd see someone with, you know, with huge rosacea on their cheeks, you know, and... and they're older and they they just not in a healthy place and you know you can almost sort of see the 
what is it, necrosis on people's faces, sort of thing. You know, you just feel like they're, oh, they're, they're not long. You know, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, there's going to be a point, and 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 I felt bad when they came up for their pint or whatever. You know, the regular, the usual thing. And I started. To, it really hurt my heart at some points with some people. Other people, you're like, oh, they're in, great. Yeah, I'm so glad they're here. That's the, that's the other side of it. But it's it's literally that's the it's the guys who bring in the the paper and they'll sit in the corner and just happily booze until tea time and then go home, tea, bed, telly, whatever, and just that was it. And you saw it sort of two, three times a, a week. Oh man. It, did me in. It absolutely did me in because I felt like I was. You were feeding them. Yeah, you, you were. Just, you were feeding the beast. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was really sad. So. So. Yeah. Pubs are definitely a microcosm, and now they're all micro pubs. So. It's, it's their, they're now. Micro microcosms. I don't know. Um, but the. Uh, when it comes to that sort of, it is that social circle. I suppose I don't really have a social circle. I have a lot of people all mm. around the country and I don't um, I don't spend anywhere long enough to really sort of get into that thing I'll, I'll go and get drunk with Neil from North Wales for one night and then I go bye like that, and I drive off to the next gig so so I don't really have that point where I see the, the local drunk yeah you, you, know, don't, you don't have the repetition yeah. the sort of routine of it yeah absolutely yeah and so so I, I suppose it's, it's easy for me to stand on the outside of it and go Oh, okay. Well, it's interesting that you're, you know, doing, doing this this alcohol thing. Um, is is your workaholicalism, which is a word, right, is yeah. that um, is that part of? So when when you say you're, you're sort of drinking to sort of numb the fact you're always trying to problem solve, so by a, an unconscious solution to that <laughs> problem, um, uh, does work get super stressy in periods, or is it? all the time or is um so i was doing i was doing some more managementy stuff at work uh, so i had a team of software engineers and but they were made of people they were made of people yeah. okay uh, yeah software engineers are people uh, <laughs> google that later um and and they uh, that's a sort of a different challenge but one of the things is that i i have i wanted to be I wanted to be a good manager and I was working and where I work is not super well organized and stuff and that okay. makes management a lot of challenge yeah. because what you're trying to do is anticipate problems plan ahead that kind of thing um, and so that was kind of doing all that running around was kind of quite stressful and it often felt like other pe- other managers in around that I was having to, to work with or get resources from and that yeah. kind of thing were sort of working against me more than they were working for me, you know. Okay. And whereas this this team I had, they were absolutely brilliant, and these guys are just such amazing people to work with. Yeah. But part of the problem is that you've got like basically four guys that are smarter than me bringing me problems they can't solve. So okay. yeah. <laughs> that's some pretty pretty gnarly problems. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. yeah, that's, that's pretty big. Yeah. Um, and there were times definitely where I would finish work and. You know, sometimes I finish work at six o'clock and just feel like, you know what, fuck it, I don't want to go for a run or I don't want to, okay. oh, I don't want to, I don't want to do anything. I just want to go and sit in the pub until I feel normal again. Yeah. And I think looking back on it, that's probably like, a, to be honest, a stress reaction. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't begrudge that time, but I've recently said I don't want to do that work for the time being. I want to yeah. take a break from that. Yeah. And so I'm, I've gone back. I've moved into a different team where I'm doing technical stuff again, okay. and I'm not managing people. You're solving problems, not someone. Terrible. Someone brings me the problem. I, I, I do. I okay. fix the problem, and then someone brings me another problem. Okay. Now that's that's quite interesting. So. Um, do you think it would be beneficial if all of the managers in that particular scenario just went to the pub <laughs> um, <laughs> and chilled well, the fuck out? Well, the interesting thing is that actually one of the things they started doing is organising quarterly quarterly work nights out. We've okay. never really been a place that did work, not, work nights out before. Okay. And it tends to be that the people who come along are, are generally more from the management side of things than the technical side. Okay. And I do wonder if that's because... Like people, people who are on the the technical side of it feel, you know, this is, you know, this is just some like management bozo stuff. I don't have to be involved in that. Yeah. Um, but I also wonder if it's the social aspect of it, where people, you know, mani- managers in the department have to work with each other a lot more than technical people, I guess. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. maybe yeah. like there's more of a quorum of them who know each other to go out. It's a bit less intimidating. But I definitely think those nights have kind of even though they're only quarterly, you can kind of see there's a little bit of a pressure release yeah. related to them. Just like long long term, not like the following day, suddenly everything's much more relaxed. Just yeah. the the kind of people's stresses with each other are a bit lower because you've had that kind of social Absolutely. interaction rather than always being a person who's either asking for something from somebody or giving something to somebody. That relationship changes to be more of a, yeah. oh, well, what do you, what have you got planned for this weekend? Do you know, like that, that sort of social <laughs> treating each other like human beings. <laughs> wow, stuff. yeah, okay. That's, that's always a complex thing. Whenever I've had bosses, they've always been the, the worst people people. Yeah, well, um, I think there's an element of sociopath- uh, sociopathy which leads you into that position there sometimes. Is, there is that, The I need suppose. to control people. Yeah, but also they're the people giving out, like I said, they're giving out the problems, but they don't realise the problem they're causing might be completely solvable by them. But not doing anything at possibly, all. Yeah, Had you considered taking possibly, no action? <laughs> possibly not having that morning meeting that they've been hit up about all weekend. You know, they've been going, oh, I've really got to sort out Craig. You know, it's like, it's like they don't have to worry about Craig. Craig basically just needs a pat on the shoulder and saying, well done, mate. That's all he needs. But what he's getting is, Craig, you're, not, you're underperforming. And, you know, it's, it, what Craig wants is encouragement. He doesn't need criticism. That's, that's, my, that's the way I've always sort of uh, tried to do. You can with build people. really positive, my experience as a manager, you can build really positive relationships with people. And just when people come into their work, come into work and they kind of, you know, they always know the boss they're getting. I think like yeah, consistency, yeah. even even if you're not a, a, a great manager, I think consistency is really important. People don't want to have to guess what the reaction is going to be. They they want you to be predictable. Yeah, and I I think justifiable rationalism is probably the the biggest thing you can take into any sort of leadership or even um, a, a supportive role. You know, is is I I've always trusted people who don't necessarily come out with an emotional reaction to to anything but deal with it with absolute empathy if you say if you know what I mean so so I've I think there's it's where I've got to slowly is is um you know I, I I don't consider people I disagree with to be stupid which is the worst thing you can do is you you have to believe everyone's intelligent and then encourage them to really fucking shine that's that's sort of what it is and I, I 
so when it comes to the referendum and the, and the leave vote and stuff like that it was so easy to go into this whole sort of fucking racist assholes they're idiots mm. um but what it was really was a lot of people who've been who've not been encouraged to believe in themselves they're they're talking about a country that's been depleted or whatever and and you know they've been sold all this negative shit when the truth is they should be like fuck you're well this is it i mean basically i think people who are voting for brexit perceive that there perceive that there is a problem that needs to be solved and i think mm. that's fundamentally where generally speaking i see like left and right kind of disagreeing is that basically people on the left wing are like whoa whoa, whoa it's fine don't change it yeah yeah <laughs> we can improve this <laughs> whereas whereas the right like no this is fucked we've got to do it okay yeah um, even oh yeah, I, I get that. I I don't think it's necessarily a left and right thing. I think it's much more to do with um, it's a it's a it's very much to do with whether you feel um, uh, I don't know. I was going to use the word grateful. It's not the word grateful. Um, it's about a perspective thing. It's you know, it's like I do realize I'm living on a speck of dust in a universe that's going around and there's gravity and there's fucking there's so much shit going on that I'm not in control of. And I literally am an organism uh, made of organisms, uh, eating organisms. And that's, that's pretty much it. That's, that's as far as my existence comes down to. I don't, there's this thin crust of atmosphere that I can't live outside of. Okay. <laughs> so uh, almost all problems are absurd after that. So, so when I, when I come to these sort of, you realise that I'm fucking I'm so lucky that I live in a society that has a health service and that has food standards and that has uh, just uh, just general levels of hygiene okay fair enough we fucked it up with plastic but we're also smart we can sort this you know there's a there's a there's a, 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 a there is a wisdom to us if we choose to access it but it has to be based on the smaller picture of us being completely fucking insignificant rather than the picture of we are top predator. Um, so shut the fuck up, world. It's well, ours. I think I, I feel like, you know, on a sort of a mega meta level, if you're talking about this, you know, speck of dust kind of thinking, that I don't worry too much about problems like the environment. Like, the universe will continue to exist oh, yeah, yeah, after yeah, yeah. the human race has extinct itself. So, Absolutely. you don't have to worry too much about this if you don't want to. But if you're sort of the person who thinks, oh, it would be nice if the human race persisted, because I think things like, you know, the cinema is quite nice, yeah. then <laughs> then maybe you should think about how much fucking plastic you're chucking in the sea. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> uh, um, uh, and I, I think that's where, you know, you look at Extinction Rebellion, for instance, it's made up of mainly fairly nice middle-class people, yeah. well-educated people. Um, and they're not there going, you know, we've never thrown plastic away in the, in the bin. They're literally saying, we need to stop this and we kind of need the plastic to stop coming at us now because we can't be trusted. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much, that's, that's how I see quite a lot of it. And that's how I'd like my life to be. I'd love, I'd love to buy my fruit and vegetables, you know, without a bit of plastic near them, etc. And uh, but well, you can do that quite easily. I, I can do that. Um, but when you're on the road, it's a yeah, different, yeah. different no, thing. You've got so, to stop in Tesco Express occasionally. So it kind of needs to be a, almost needs to be a national thing or an international thing. Um, and that's what you want leaders for, you know, to sort these things out. And that's why you kind of want it to be a bureaucratic, faceless entity as well, because you don't want to. I don't want a face to blame 
for something being a bit more inconvenient for me. This is where the EU's come in, essentially, as people have gone, oh, I've now found out who Donald Tusk is, you know, this guy's got some power, but he's never come in and gone, right, we're going to have Tusk's law. Um, you know, <laughs> it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't work that way. So, um, uh, and, and that, uh, when it comes to these huge leadership problems and these huge um, governmental issues, we're, we're now electing people that say nice things about it and we don't they don't do anything about it I don't know quite where this is going it's not leading to another question at all but I'm trying to solve a problem <laughs> that's my problem um, and, and 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 I I always think that there's there's a sensibility about people that want to save the planet who kind of say but I need your help and that's that's what it comes down to whereas the people that don't care about the planet say I don't need anyone else Mm. I suppose that's what it is, and um, I suppose what, to, to sort of tie it into to where I know you from is is so I think one of the first times I probably pro- properly got to know you was what like the first house show right. at your place back in that weird little um, cul-de-sac. Um, it's like a retirement village. <laughs> and um, <laughs> dad says it reminds me of the like the set of the prisoner. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that. And, yeah, it's Port Merion in Southampton, and um, and you were surrounded by some. Uh, well, that whole audience was just like this hyper intelligent academic, very uh, gregarious, but but focused, quite intense people. And I'm there playing my stupid fucking songs in front of everyone and and I realised that there's a whole community that you have there that is problem solving all the time and none of you have any ambitions towards government no 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 no. we're staying well out of that yeah so 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 I suppose it it comes down to you know do you uh, how do you solve the problem of politicians being made of people who want power but politics should be made of people who want to fix problems well that's a really difficult question i think the the trick actually is to educate the people who want power because honestly i don't really you know there's a reason i'm not interested in running the country it's Mm. because i don't care about running the country (laughs) so what we need is the people who what care about being a person who runs the country to think the right things okay uh, so basically probably we need like a Eton some kind of green agenda or something like that I think okay. that would make a lot of inroads oh, you know. alright so what like a school for politicians yeah yeah like that. politician like you know like you had finishing schools <laughs> yeah so there's a little part of me that always thinks oh maybe you should, maybe you should just go for it Grant maybe you should just become a councillor and just see how it goes and just see you know I get asked by various sides to start, you know, sort of go, oh, you should really sort of help us out and run things. And I go, oh, I, I can't be fucked. I want to go make people laugh and I want to go make people feel uncomfortable and I don't want to, I don't want, to, I don't care about people's drop curbs. <laughs> That's basically it. But that, you know, then we're hitting the point where society in general, you know, most of these people that, you know, are, are feeling disgruntled they also feel like they haven't. No one's given a fuck about their drop curbs, mm. you know. And I and I'm there going, ah, oh, but I I care about you. I just don't care about the minutia. It's like I'm, I'm an anarchist in that regard. Just drop the curb yourself. <laughs> I'm not going to prosecute. It's better to ask forgiveness than permission. Yeah, yeah that's it's a, a civil engineering task, <laughs> isn't it? Well, yeah, drop, but yeah, I mean, at the same time, it, like it, you know, your, your mum's not going to do that. But it's it's a, it's a sledgehammer and some sand. 
But I'm just saying. That's, you know, <laughs> For anyone who's trying to solve yeah, this problem. <laughs> you know, but people go through paperwork. Yeah. You know, almost the first thing I'd get rid of is is bollocks. You know, that in terms of like planning permissions and stuff like. That. Yeah, you would end up with shanty towns full of, you know, sort of very unsafe things. But that's okay as well. You know, it's it's, it's that's where the self responsibility comes into because. I think a lot of people feel like they're not cared about, and when they are cared about, to you know, they get permission to build a conservatory. They go, yeah, but there's so many building regulations. Like that's literally hyper care. <laughs> yeah, that's someone just saying we don't want it to fall on you after you've built it. That's all it or is. Or on someone who's visiting yeah. your house. You <laughs> Absolutely, know. you know. And and if the guy who comes around to read the electricity meter has your house fall down on top of it, <laughs> whose fault is that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's and there's a balance to be to be struck there. And and I and I always think, oh. If I could just, if I could just get Pat's house show audience to literally make up my laws for the year at the beginning <laughs> of January, and they go right, okay, I don't kill people, don't rape, blah blah blah, blah and all that, but they're like, but at the same time, if you want to drive a bit faster now, you know, we think you, you're good enough at driving. We'll we'll let you do that. Maybe we need it like on a case by case basis. You need like a personalised suite of laws. Pre- precisely, for you. <laughs> yeah, precisely. There's a Doug Stanhope thing about how you said that there should only be ten laws, and if you want another one, you have to get rid of one more. Basically, it's like okay, yeah, you can do speeding, but but now now you um, uh, you know murdering's fine. That's <laughs> like you know just that's that's sort of the way it should be. But um or, or a modular set. Maybe there's a this maybe that's the solution we need is a modular set of laws. You want sort of plug-ins, don't you? Yeah. Plug-in laws. <laughs> take them in and take them out. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 there must be a way of exploring this in some sort of... I mean, I, I, where it came from was, was that ignoramus thing. Mm. You know, when, when, I, when I did the ignoramus thing, I was so desperate to basically just say, I don't really belong as a British person or as a... I'm not an American or a, a, a Somalian. I'm not anyone. You know, I am literally Grant. And I'm walking through where I am. I have no choice in this whatsoever. So all I can do is have my own set of laws on how I treat people and how I govern myself. And uh, and if I break the laws of where I am, I have to be responsible for that. And so the whole ignoramus thing came down to that as almost like this modular set of beliefs and and uh, morals. And that that was again a problem because David Cameron had just won by a landslide and mm. and it was literally me trying to solve the problem of oh fuck I've, you know I don't I don't believe in this these people I don't believe in this sort of GDP will solve everything sort of thing I, I think we need to deal with more esoteric sort of problems here um, and 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 that's where it came from um, uh, can, can you build an app <laughs> can you do that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we we can build you an app. Okay. Like, what do you want it to do? No, for everyone. No, so like a, a, an ignoramus app. Okay. Uh, yeah, um, you know, just to sort of let people sign up and go. This is where I'm. I'm you know, my main religion or belief system is ignoramus, um, and I am an ignoramai. I'm, uh, and I would quite like to. Just define my own life, please. I, you know, and fair enough. Some laws should stay. Yeah, I think yeah. like the no murdering things are pretty yeah, good. I think one, that's, I, I, generally, I think, but I think that's also common courtesy. Oh, yeah, that is, that is. I mean, to, it's impolite to yeah, other people. You know, I'm, I'm gonna, I want to take away your retirement. That's what you're saying to someone, you know. And I have that right. Fuck you. You know, no one has the right to take away my retirement. That's bad. So, <laughs> so anyway, that's the next problem to solve, I suppose.
maybe. I just feel like, you know, politicians, a lot of the time they're just trying to maintain the status quo, really. Yeah. And one of the things to definitely think is if you really gave a shit about, like, fixing the environment or whatever, you could do that in our current system just by changing some taxes. Yeah. If you change tax so that we really heavily tax production of plastic or really heavily tax the production of carbon. Yeah. Right? And then you could take away, like, income tax or VAT or something like that. And if you changed VAT so that it wasn't 20% on everything, it was based on how much plastic or how much carbon there was generated or maybe a combination of those two things in the production of this, immediately businesses would become hyper-focused on how they could (laughs) reduce the amount of plastic waste and carbon they were shooting into the air. Okay. Because there would be financial incentive for them to do it. And that's what what capitalism is, right? It was just like, we really care about making all the money. It's like a game. My plan is to make the number in this column higher than everybody else's number. Yeah. So I'll do anything, literally anything. (laughs) And if that has to be environmental friendliness, I'll do that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if we we could monetize the saving of the planet and the species that would be fucking ace that yeah I mean the capitalists would be happy I think yeah and, um, and we would be alive so that would be good <laughs> that would be lovely so essentially uh, you know to sort of draw, draw a full circle would you say as a species or as a society we've become uh, alcoholic without knowing it in terms of plasticholic we have been I think ignorant of our impact we've willfully been ignorant mm. of our impact on the environment definitely okay um and maybe it's time to have a couple of days off and reflect and, <laughs> and, um, and decide what we're going to do next maybe go cold turkey on plastic for a month okay and see how we feel after that so the first rule of business as prime minister mcsweeney <laughs> yeah we're, we're changing tax okay. we're revolutionizing okay. tax right now we're, we're going to get off plastic for a for a, a month yeah, and then see how we can maybe, you we'll, know, we'll, work we'll, we'll with wean plastic. It back in. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but okay. But also look at some alternatives. Mm. Well, right. when you have to do without plastic, you wouldn't believe how quickly people. Oh innovate. fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it, it you know, we'll me. have people making crates out of potato starch or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 I've I've always believed in wood. My car key <laughs> is made out of plastic. And I'd, like, I'd be quite happy for it. You know, it's an insulated unit, the actual buttons and stuff like that. I'd be more than happy if it was made out of a little bit of teak, you know, that a guy spent a bit of time on. Well, you need to buy yeah. Rolls Royce then. Yeah, well, no, but I mean, it's, it, it, it really does come down to those little things of like, I'd be quite happy for quite a lot of the plastic in my life to be wood. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the good thing about wood as well is when you're cutting down trees, you're basically clearing area to put more trees, and yeah. that's what's going to get the carbon out of the air, which is going to so we need trees. save us. So we, we basically need to make things out of wood to make space for more. We wood. need to cut down old trees because new trees use more carbon. Yeah. And it's quite simple when you think about it. Like the majority of the mass of a tree is carbon dioxide that's come out of the come out of the air. Uh, like it's not it, people. Some people mistakenly believe that like trees come out of the ground. They don't. Trees come out of the air, and yeah, that's yeah. when okay. when somebody says how much carbon is something like how much carbon is a tree taken out of the air. All you do is weigh it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Wow, that's really cool. <laughs> it's the it's the opposite side of the question. You know, you were talking about dieting earlier on. Mm. It's the opposite side of the question of where does fat go? Yeah, and the answer is it goes out your lungs, basically. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. shit. Well, yeah, but not by volume, not that uh, by by oh, mass, right. yeah, not yeah, that yeah. much. Okay. In terms of right. when you're when you're you know jogging and you're sweating and you're breathing, mm. like that's where your mass is going, really. Okay. Like heat and 
heat and uh, CO2 movement, being yeah. breathed out. Yeah, okay. Wow. All right, yeah. Now seeing it that way, fuck. Okay, that brings a whole new relevance to Amani Coppola's song, I'm a Tree. Well, there you go, yeah. And this is why, why we should grow more trees, really. Fucking great. Thank you so much. I th- that's a really nice place to end it, I think. Great. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed <laughs> yourself. I think that went full circle, possibly. <laughs> um, like life. Oh, yeah, very the, uh, meaningful the... way to finish. <laughs> All right. There you go. It was pretty short and sweet, that one. We uh, we recorded it on the day that uh, it was the 50th anniversary of the moon landings, which is uh, fascinating. I, I really recommend a podcast uh, called 13 Minutes to the Moon, uh, which is about the the final descent of Neil Armstrong uh, and Buzz Aldrin going down to the moon. Uh, and it sort of picks apart all the people who are in the command back on Earth as well and and all the little bits of technology they invented to solve the little problems. Um, it, it's a fascinating achievement of science and thought and preparation and all those things. Oh, fucking preparation. That's what I should do before I go on tour. I should really do that. I've um, if you are if you're really good at um, promoting stuff or whatever, or if you know anyone that's a booking agent or something, I'm starting to get to that feeling that I need I need someone else now. I need someone else doing this. I'm 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 carrying it all around. Um, I would say would someone like to do the driving for me, but that's it, that feels like cruelty. Um, but uh, but at the same time, if if there's someone out there who who is really good at um, that sort of shit you know, saying to people there's a gig on or there's this guy who plays double bass who would like to play a gig. Uh, if, if if there's anyone that wants to do that, that would be great. I feel like I, I kind of need to move this on a little bit. Um, uh, if not, by all means, share things around. Please share things around. I'm I'm really happy to get some sort of catchment area that's that's massive and uh, and uh, hopefully not too expensive for anyone. I'm I'm really appreciate that. Thank you so much to everyone that signed up to the Patreon uh, this this particular month. Um, uh, really appreciate that. It, it really does keep me alive. Um, and I, like I say, it's it's um, socialism in action. Hopefully, I'm not being too expensive, but hopefully, I'm also putting out something that's worth it as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, and thank you very much for all the, the love for the podcast. I should probably play a song at the end of this, but I'm not, I'm not thinking what it might be. Ah, fuck it. I'll, st- I'll stick massive car in because I'm just about to go load up my car. Okay. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, next week we're back with, uh, my friend Sid Vega and we're going to talk about the word parties. Uh, thanks so much for listening. I'll see you soon. Get in touch. How do I stop smoking? How do I stop smoking? Tell me. Tell me how you stop smoking. Huh? That would be handy. I really want to know how I stop smoking. Because uh, I'm ready. I'm fucking ready. Okay? Bye. He's got a massive car. It barely fits down tiny roads. A massive car. It seems that everywhere he goes, people are so close to him. And he beats his tiny horn Massive car He keeps his ego nice and safe A massive car Hand washed and waxed on Saturdays By those Polish guys Who are actually Latvians He voted leave 
He loves his country and he loves sovereignty Whatever that means if you give him an inch He'll take a mile and complain he's only got a mile And he's such a tiny heart and mind He's such a massive car Massive car with a hyper macho name, a massive car. Proves he's a wealthy alpha male. It's a Ford Guantanamo patriot, death merchant, eco leaf, terrorist Trump. An angry wife with a tiny little dog. She laughs at him, picking up tiny doggy locks from the backseat, and he wishes she was dead. They've got some kids, but he hates them cause they are communists Who all vote Labour, fight for equality and diversity And our one planet ecology They say, Dad, you're such a fossil fool You're such a massive car back home to spend his last days on the earth and wondering what his life was finally worth. Did anyone actually like him? But the answer's too painful. Then he dies, placed in a box with pennies on his dead eyes. At the funeral everyone tries to cry, but their eyeballs stay dry and they lie. He was such a great guy. But they're actually kinda glad he's dead He's such a massive waste of time and resources He's such a massive nightmare for the racing planet He's such a massive car driver 